Wisdom. It's why you come to the Blatcast. And speaking of wisdom, I wanted to take a quick moment to let everybody know about a great new app that I'm on. The Wisdom app. You can find me on there. I am also on there as Blatcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. And you're going to ask, well, what is this? There's so many apps. And Wisdom is an app where users can log on and find conversations that you want to join live. And you can ask questions in the back and forth. And it's uh, basically kind of an idea of finding people who can be mentors and offer advice. And if there's anybody who is better suited as being a mentor and offering advice than me, I haven't met them, much less Eric Connor, who's an actual teacher. It's uh, it's worth checking out. It's absolutely free. And I wanted to let people know that uh, you can uh, join up for free. You can look for me and uh, I will have a little chat on there on Monday, December 27th at 4 p.m. Pacific. It'll be, uh, I think it'll be about 10, 15 minutes. Anything you want to chat about, we can do it there. So please let me share my wisdom with you on the wisdom map. This is the Blattcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world, hosted by Christian Blatt. So kick back, get ready for quite possibly the longest one hour to perhaps the shortest two hours and 56 minutes of your life. And now, here's Christian Blatt. Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can, spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out! Here comes the Spider-Man. Welcome to the Blackcast. We are about to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home and everybody's telling you don't spoil Spidey. We're not going to spoil it because if you're here only if you have seen Spider-Man No Way Home, we are going to talk about everything about it. And we don't want anybody to have it spoiled. I don't want that on my conscience. So if you're here, please see the movie first. (laughs) But I am excited to talk about it as always. I am Christian Blatt uh, making a triumphant return here to the show. The one and only Katie Kawamoto. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys tonight? Uh, we're doing great. <laughs> and our resident Professor X, because he's a professor, Eric Connor, who our video listeners can see on screen as De La Eric, which don't think that uh, I didn't recognize De La Soul from the end credits. Not only uh, are they three feet high and rising, Very not only good. are they me, myself, and I, uh, they also uh, sang to us about the power of three. So, so much to talk about and so much to say. And I, it's so hard to figure out where to begin for our Marvel movie talk audience. When we talked about Hawkeye episode five on Wednesday, I had already seen this movie. And I think if you've seen it now, you understand why it was pretty much impossible to talk about where I was just like, it was great. Go see it. Peace out. (laughs) Because I, 
it's like it's too hard and people started asking questions well what about that like i can't i can't answer it i can't answer any of your questions but tonight <laughs> we will answer all the questions because we've seen it so i don't know so, so in a questions... way so in a way christian you were much like andrew garfield and his promotional tour for tick tick boom where yep. people kept asking him are you in spider-man and he's like i don't know how many times to tell you that i'm not in it i mean yeah, yeah he's lying but i just felt so bad for the dude like yo he's trying to promote his his new film and right. y'all are not letting go of the fact that he might be in spider-man yeah no and it's like Look, I think we've uh, if we've learned anything in uh, recent years that there's no reason you can't lie to the media. And then this is an absolutely uh, perfect opportunity where Andrew Garfield had to lie to the media. Yep. Uh, I'm glad he did. <laughs> you know, uh, if, if he needs to continue lying to the media, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> so, uh, Katie, uh, we are nothing if not chivalrous here on all of the black cast entertainment network shows including the black cast including marvel movie talk so of course we believe firmly in ladies first so i would love to give you the opportunity before i give you the opportunity to give us your overall thoughts i will give you the opportunity to say hello to our fourth joining us now mr nate miller that was an hello. incredible segue uh, you know, it's uh, just uh, be ready for anything. Just uh, it's like the Boy Scouts say, be prepared. <laughs> and uh, boy, did they sometimes learn that the hard way. But Katie, I wanted yeah. to uh, let you start big picture. What you wanted, what you just think overall, walking out of that theater, uh, you know, expectations heading into it, what you thought, everything just uh, just hit us. What did you think? expectations going in was man i really hope all the rumors are true <laughs> uh, because I, I i didn't want to have all these hopes and expectations because you know with big hopes and expectations i i could quote mj i could literally quote mj when i say this like if you expect like disappointment i think she was saying you you won't be upset when it happens or something i forgot what it was but the opposite of that is I don't want to get too hyped and, and get too stuck in all this what if, what if that, because as we know with like some of the Disney Plus shows, they pulled a fast one on us and they everybody thought they knew what was going on and we didn't. And so, but it still happened. I still got like, oh my gosh, I need this to be what happens. And I got to say, match point, like, like, dude, exceeded expectations i even even though i had high expectations i thought it was going to be i thought it was even better than they were and when when today when everybody was asking what did you think of it trying to not spoil it for our co-workers who hadn't seen it i just went that's that was my thoughts was uh, yeah and and that's uh that's not a that's not a spoiler you managed to not spoil uh anything and, I did. Uh, I, I figured I would easily we'd ease into the spoilers, so I didn't spoil yeah. anything. Yeah, that's what I no. told customers today when they're like, "Oh, you saw it." I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "No spoilers." I'm like, "Don't worry, fellow nerd. Yeah. I got you. Not gonna spoil it." <laughs> they're like, "How was it?" I was like, "Amazing." <laughs> yeah, that, that's all, that's all you can say. Or you you could do the sort of the the interesting. You know, sometimes people will post fake spoilers, but then that can be annoying because then they're telling you things that aren't happening. I hate those. But 
what I like to do are spoilers from other movies. You know, it's like, well, it turns out that Peter Parker was Kaiser Soze the whole time. And Ned was dead the whole movie. Doesn't that doesn't that just blow your mind? Uh, Nate, I know that uh, you saw it for the first time uh, this afternoon. So it's all still very fresh. Yes. Uh, were did it uh, did it did it uh, live up to the hype? Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to say exactly what she said, but like, I had very high expectations and it exceeded them. I, I, I don't have anything really bad to say. I don't have any like criticisms about it, which is very unusual for me. Um, I just I liked it a lot. It was really good, and and I don't know if I'm just still like wrapped up in the hype. I very much want to see it again, um, but. Yeah, it was it was it was really good. It was it, it is the quintessential Spider-Man movie. Like yeah, there there's not a, you know a, a lot of like good movies you're able to kind of find a couple holes here and there and things. And in all honesty, I didn't have criticisms, but our friend uh, Daniel Drew who I know is in the chat right now, he messaged me after he saw it and he sort of added something. I'm like, "You know what? That would have been nice." but it doesn't make the movie any less great is this idea of at the end when Peter's at the cemetery, what if uncle Ben was buried right there next to it? And maybe we even sort of pull out and see that I'm like, yeah, that would have been okay. That would have been nice. And, you know, we've still never, we've still never seen Tom Holland's uncle Ben, you know? <laughs> so did he have an uh, uncle Ben? Did they confirm that he had an uncle Ben? Yeah. He he in the in homecoming, I think he references it in a way because he says you've been through a lot, but he doesn't. Yeah. Well, you know, you watched say... it more recently than I did. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but... in the in the beginning, he says, "Aunt May, I know you've been through a lot," but he doesn't say like any specifics about yeah what it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Ivan Soto says, "In the cemetery, why did they hide the year?" I think just because it's so hard to figure out the continuity, yeah. uh, you know, how far in the future they are because of this, the snap and the blip and all that. And also, so like if the, the tombstone said, you know, died 2027, that's very distracting to everyone watching. Like, Wait, what? Yeah. You know, um, Eric, I wanted to, uh, you know what, for your sake, I'll say I was saving the best for last. Um, but anyone who went last, I would say that. So I want to give you the wounded. <laughs> well, good. Yeah, you but you're all Friday night would be a night of happiness and joy, not no, pain. No, 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 Not not when not when we're living in, in we're we're all walking around in Peter Parker's shoes. Um, <laughs> which uh I do have with me actually, Peter Parker's uh shoes, which uh we'll take a look at some stuff. The thing I found was with my uh El Santo mask. Sorry, I'm oh sweet. I have cool. my Peter Tingle shirt on. It's a oh shirt. very nice. Uh, and uh again we'll show off Instagram, but uh I have a very festive uh Spider Man oh, uh Christmas shirt. I don't nice. have any Spider Man apparel. Nate, it's, okay. <laughs> it's fine, you know. But honestly, that sweatshirt looks like something that Peter would wear in any of these movies, so I think it's fine. Do I look uh, like a youth pastor? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a, hip, a hip youth pastor. Uh, so Eric, yes. uh, your thoughts, just overall thoughts. We're gonna get into all the specifics, sure. but uh, big picture, what did you think? Well, I, I so normally I go to see these movies like 
like on a Thursday night, but I go with one of my buddies. And then maybe the during the weekend I'll I'll take my kids. Because I, I, I like going without having a hundred questions asked of me during the movie. And and I want it to be untouched and, and imperfect and whatnot. But but last night things changed because my son's got to come with me and my buddy Lou. And this was the this was the first time that we we've seen these movies before. Like later on, but in terms of an opening night, a Thursday night, you know, with the timing, it's like, okay, just one more day of school. Let's do it. But I did have rules. I said, gentlemen, you're not going to ask your dad a bunch of questions during this movie. Like, what if I have questions? I'm like, then you're going to have questions and they're going to stay with you for two and a half hours. And then we'll discuss it all. So I laid ground rules. It was a close. I mean, it's the most parental I've been in my 13 years of being a parent. (laughs) I laid every rule out. And at yeah. the end of the film, we all were equally giddy. Seeing this Thursday night, opening night, I can't even begin to tell you how much that added and how much it made me miss, I don't know, all the shit we love, <laughs> you know, for the past two years. And and really, I, I think one of my sons said it best, even Michael Shirley would love this movie. Yeah. Your son said that. Yes. Yes. They, they are fascinated <laughs> by him. I think they want to study him as like an extra credit assignment at school. It's oh, just yeah. hard to figure out. Does it fall under chemistry, biology, math? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, all of the above, and uh, you know, it would be it would be a very important independent study to be able to <laughs> break down uh, all of the finer qualities of our pal Michael Shirley, who I think still hasn't watched uh, Far From Home yet, even though we told him earlier this week that it's on <laughs> Disney Plus. So, so Far From Home is on Disney Plus. I think it is now. One. It what it wasn't for a while, but maybe uh my understanding none of is the other movies were. Oh, none of the other Tom Holland ones were? No. No none of the movies that I saw were on there. Um, except for like I mean Civil War, but that's not a Spider Man movie. Um yeah. Peacock had the Tobey Maguire trilogy. I um nothing had Amazon Prime rental for the amazing Spider Man movies, and then I didn't see any Spider-Man live-action films on Disney Plus when I checked. Well, so. if you're old like me, you just have them all on Blu-ray, so you don't have to worry about where we they had, might be. <laughs> we had the Amazing Spider-Man, the first one, and okay. then we actually we actually went to Target to be like, do they have the Amazing Spider-Man too, so we can just buy it? Because I, unpopular opinion, I like it. It's a conversation for another day. They didn't have it. Oh no, it's um, going to be part no, of this it's a conversation, conversation for today. It, it, it's definitely part of a conversation. You're not getting for off today. that easy because yeah. no, because I agree with you. I yeah, I, I yeah. What? We have a we have a lot to say about Andrew Garfield. God. To echo off of what he was saying is about when you're saying that you gave your kids ground rules. I think that's great that you're like no questions because when I went to Endgame for the second time, <laughs> this one lady was in the theater next to us, had not seen apparently any Marvel movies ever, <laughs> and was asking the person she that's was with start. questions every 30 seconds. And 20 minutes into the movie, and I don't like causing a scene, I was like, shut the hell up. <laughs> and they're like, I have, I'm sorry, she hasn't seen any of the movies. I'm like, not my problem. Yeah. You don't talk during a movie like this. If you haven't seen any of the movies, why the hell are you here? And that <laughs> like, old name was Aunt May. And they ended up leaving halfway <laughs> through the film, probably because her, her the person with who was with her had no idea what the hell was going on. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, why is he so angry? Who's that? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. And it wasn't like it was. If it had only been like a few questions, I'm I'm a forgiving person, but I'm like, you're not going to talk through this whole movie. <laughs> 
So yeah, it's only going to get more confusing. It, yeah. It, it, you have to know my children anytime, by the way. I green light, please do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Haywood Wong in the chat was asking if any of us uh, had the opportunity to buy any commemorative popcorn buckets or uh, soda cups. Uh, they they did not any. have those at the AMC that I went to. And I not don't know either. if other chains, like I know so Cinemark is actually really good at commemorative cups. Uh, so um, I'm assuming just El Cap. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's true. The, the El yeah. Capitan, the, the in Hollywood would, uh, would they always have do. some good ones. Yeah. I'm still reveling in my happy meals, Eternals toys. So I, I'm fine. <laughs> what <laughs> else do you roommate, need? My roommate got, got super excited too. The, the, <laughs> I uh, in ever. I, I bought I bought my son a set of Eternals pajamas because they were uh, marked down to six dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, you know what? At some point, he's gonna come around. <laughs> he'll he'll want to see that. Uh, so let's see. I think uh, I think this is a good place to start. Actually, uh, Daniel asked this question. How is everyone's theater viewers? So the other people there is what he's asking about. My crowd yesterday was amazing and freaked out about everything. Today's only freaked out. Oh yeah, because uh, Daniel's also seen it twice. Uh, Daniel's only uh, sorry. Today's only freaked out over uh, the Peters, Eddie, and the Doctor Strange two footage, which I don't. I don't think anybody need to freak out over that. I mean, it's like interesting, but you know, it's a glorified trailer uh, at the end of the movie. Uh, I, so it was still Paul, a good trailer. Yeah. Uh, and, I, you know, I was talking to a, a friend of mine uh, who he was surprised that there weren't bigger reactions for uh, the villains. And I'm like, well, the villains were in the trailer. So people knew that they were in it, you know. So really, the the big reveals, I, I think, come down to the simple fact. And I just when I say this, I want to make sure that is on the screen. Uh, the big reveals, the things that people were the most excited about was seeing the other Peter Parkers. But way before you get to that in the movie uh, was Matt Murdock's cane. Yep. Then seeing his face. And then when he caught the brick. So there's three yeah. separate reactions for Matt Murdock. And, uh, you know, all the things that go with it. And uh, obviously it asks some similar questions. We'll keep it to this. Questions that were brought up in the latest episode of Hawkeye. There are some very similar questions that that raises that are not answered. But apparently episode six of Hawkeye will help us uh, be able to start to figure out whether or not the Netflix series, plural, are actually canon or if they're some degree of retcons. So I think that uh, there was a lot of excitement over uh, a lot of these reveals. Um, I don't think really most of the villain, I, I don't know that anybody was super excited that the lizard was on screen. It was just mostly that he was there for com comedic effect. Um, but let me uh, ask you first, Nate, uh, your theater earlier today, was there a lot of like very verbal, like, you know, audible yeah, reactions? To I, I am on the other spectrum of, I, I'm not really a fan of that. Yeah. I don't mind, you know, a few moments of clapping and cheering at pivotal points in the movie. But my, my, I don't know. It was a bunch of kids. It was, it was, it got kind of silly at one point. They were just clapping to like clap. Um, 
but it was good. There was a few moments like like you said when the when you you know when you see Toby and when you see Andrew and and uh there was another big one too. Oh, uh, when uh when Doc Ock does his turn and like helps them instead of actually hurting yeah. them. They they seem to like that too. Yeah, big big reaction for Andrew Garfield. Much bigger reaction Ooh. for Toby Maguire. Uh, yeah, but, I did not clap for Andrew. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is this is this is it. This will get. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to sit on my hands. And this is going. No yeah. Coming from this yeah. No, it's good. I like. I, like I didn't when, boo. Okay. I'm just saying. When Toby came out, I went, Yay! Yeah. But what you don't want is uh, what I call the uh, the married with children audience. You don't want the Kelly Bundy. Ooh, you know, you don't want that. <laughs> You know, yeah. so uh, yeah. yeah, some some applause, but I think that people were legitimately surprised by some of these things, and I think that yes, I do agree with you, Nate. That's like, oh my god, something I recognize is on the screen. It, you know, it's oh my god, it's Chewbacca. Yeah, Chewbacca's in a lot of movies. It's yeah, okay. there's a certain point, especially with Marvel movies, where it's like, yes, every five minutes there's a reference to something. You don't need to cheer <laughs> every time. Yeah, no, but yeah, it is. It is. There is still something special about going to see it early with the people who are very excited about it yeah. and getting that energy when you're in the theater, especially for this type of movie too. Yeah. I'm the, the first uh, screening that I went to was a press screening and it is definitely not like in sports where there's supposed to be no cheering in the press box. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of nerds who do shows probably just like this one, you know, except with a bigger audience and they uh, there was a lot of cheering and a lot of, you know, that was like, I think that's the crowd where it's like, oh, yeah, you're going to cheer Matt Murdock's cane before you even see him because you know what that means. And obviously we knew that there was a chance he was going to be in this, uh, but uh, you didn't really know. What about you, Eric? Your theater uh, was were there any uh, Kelly Bundy woos or was it was it a little bit more subdued than that? Oh, no, this this crowd was was wonderfully riotous. And, you know, and actually one of the ones that what did you say? Yours was a it was a Thursday night, like a, it's six thirty. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Re, re, Gen pop, as you would know it, uh, Christian, for us who don't. <laughs> so AMC Burbank. And uh, yeah. Hey, look, I went to the AMC eight. It's just, you know, it was you know, it at like 10 a.m. I mean, that's not that's yeah. not Gen pop. Yeah, look, look. Some of us, some of us watch our movies in solitary. Okay, right. I, I watched, I watched in the hole. Okay, but uh, I'm glad what, you watched it out in the yard. You know, one moment that actually got a really loud pop was uh, when the pumpkin bomb rolled up, and and that like that was actually one of the best reactions for me of the whole night because that came from super fans and also the idea of like, yeah, we deserve to have a better shot at Green Goblin. And, and, you know, not to get too far ahead, but I thought that was maybe of all the many surprises of this film, it just remind us like how great an actor Willem Dafoe is, which is not a surprise and how you just have to get rid of the fucking mask. And all of a sudden, like Green Goblin was a thousand times more interesting. And also it didn't feel like uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, you know. No, and and the, also you got very close <laughs> to a comic book accurate costume because he right. had the the purple hoodie. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know you weren't gonna have him have like the you know the the eighteen nineties uh, stocking cap 
that uh, somebody would wear to bed, you know, but it was like, he had that look and I'm like, how is this it was better than hobgoblin -esque. that? Yeah, no, no, that's absolutely. And it's like, mm -hmm. how is this better than the armor that they must've spent a ton of money 20 years ago to develop? But you also know, it was 20 years ago and everybody had that armor. That's true. Yeah. That's a great that's point. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, um, he, um, and he was. I mean, the response to him was great. And also, by the way, the moment when they're all pointing at each other, like the that mean, like that, like the place was so loud and so like thunderous in its applause and laughter that, like, I didn't even hear what they were saying at all. But we all knew what the joke was. And yeah. I mean, that was sustained laughter too. That was like people were laughing for like a minute straight after that moment. So. It was a great crowd. I, I'm so glad. It, uh, I'm so glad I it saw was, it last night. It, it it was sustained laughter where people couldn't stop, like Artie Lang on Joe Buck's HBO show. It was like that exactly, level. Yeah. Of, it was that. Yeah, <laughs> it's really just for me and you. But uh, Katie, <laughs> talk a little bit about your uh, eleven. What was it eleven fifteen? Eleven o'clock at night. Yes. 11 o'clock at wow. night. I mean, look, yes. that's uh, people. People might have been hitting MacGuffins, which is the bar inside the AMCs before that. So I didn't want to go at 11 originally. Yeah. Um, I was trying to get IMAX at, I know it's not that much earlier, but I was trying to get the 1030 IMAX showing at CityWalk because I have seen every opening in IMAX at CityWalk on opening night for like the last five or six movies. But unfortunately, I got stuck trying to get tickets for four hours. And when it finally got me through there after two hours, it didn't let me book the tickets. And then I had to wait two more hours to get tickets. And I just tried to find the best, the earliest thing I could find that wasn't just standard. I saw it in the prime screen at AMC 16 in Burbank, uh, the ones that have the recliners. Um, but it was still the decent sized theater. Um, and I'll see it in IMAX hopefully on Monday. But um, dude, I... It was loud. <laughs> um, it honestly was louder than Endgame, um, which surprised me. Yeah, um, that's so fair. That was something I forgot to say in my overall reactions was I actually liked this better than Endgame. And I loved Endgame, but I liked this better. Um, it, and I will see I, if I still I, feel it, that way after a little, the second time. It's a, it's a little bit more of a, of a feel-good movie, even yep. though there's some sadness. Exactly. <laughs> and so, Endgame's a bit of a bummer, yeah. Obviously, Matt Murdock people lost it i mean i yep. was losing it um peter as soon so my internal reaction was that's like i want to see peter parker and i literally grabbed my roommate's arm and was like the office gif of michael scott going it's happening it's happening went through my brain like that is what went through my brain and then of course it erupted in a loud cheering clapping all that um and then of course of course, when Toby came on as well. And it was just, it was like, it wasn't, there wasn't too much, just there was some little claps here and there, like when other things would pop up, but not like overly excessive, like every five minutes or anything. Um, it didn't seem like there was anyone, like any kids, or if they were, they were, they were behaved. Like there was no, I didn't hear anything like that or anything. Um, apparently, one yeah, guy, I, would, like, I would hope at the 11 p.m. show that uh, there, there weren't. I mean, yeah, people true. take their kids to Horror Nights, so, you know, anyway. But my roommate, she's like, did you notice the guy who jumped up and out of his chair and was like, <gasps> like, like, just jumped up out of excitement? I'm like, I didn't. So, yeah. So, yeah. Like, I had that uh, exact same thing uh, behind me when Andrew Garfield appeared. The guy behind me, I mean, I don't know what he was doing. In fact, I kind of don't want to know what he was doing. No. Yeah. But there was. There Keep was your eyes forward. You, 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 you know the etiquette. Keep your eyes forward. 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> and my roommate loves Andrew Garfield. We both love Andrew Garfield, but she really loves him, like loves him more than I do. And she was just ecstatic. So she might have been a majority of the sound. Let's be real. But um, <laughs> but I do have to counter that with the last 30 minutes hit. And it was silent. Like it was silent because everybody was feeling all the emotions and you could tell that everybody was like i don't want people to hear me crying but i'm crying and you knew everyone was crying because i man i lost it so that it was like the complete opposite once it ended even through most of the credits it was still pretty quiet in the theater i mean it's fairly stressful it's like the uh the old movies the you know, the, the dads waiting outside the delivery room, you know, uh, before they start handing out cigars, they're smoking cigarettes because uh, they're so nervous. And uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely had a lot of that edge of your seat feeling. And they just were able to do such a great job uh, bringing so many different aspects together. I mean, to be able to bring in, you know, I think... 20 years worth of, of these movies in a way that, you know, I think we've, we've certainly become accustomed to varying degrees of reboots. You know, it happened with the Batman films and really that's what we had gotten with the Spider-Man films is like, when you bring in a new actor, uh, you kind of are going to push aside really what went before, you know, and this is the same, like a new James Bond is a good way to look at it as well. And the fact that they were able to figure out a way is like, no, no, all this stuff still counts just in different universes. I think it was very creative, but I do think also that the, uh, the pump was primed for all of us to be okay with this because of into the spider verse. You know, we were all okay with this idea. It wasn't as crazy as it would have seemed if they'd like decided to, you know, the first Tom Holland movie was this one, you know, like, no, no, you gotta, you gotta get to a point where people can kind of wrap their heads around it. And I, you know, I, at some point there'll probably be people that are like, why were there three of them? You know, but uh, I think in general, I think they did a pretty good job uh, explaining it. And yeah, look, it's, it's the thing about the movie that, uh, you know, the first screenings that they had of it, they only let people see 40 minutes. And I think that was really important to do because we, we know what happens when you let variety see Eternals before it comes out, you know? So, uh, and you know, that level of spoilers, like, you know, that's a casting spoiler for like a cameo at the end of a movie. Actually, and I look, I think we all figured that they were in this movie, but you didn't know when you sat down, you didn't know they were in it. You just figured they were in it and hope it just, yeah, they could have told the story without, without them, but I knew they were one, in it. no, well, yeah, but I mean, look, there were set leaks and stuff like that. There were photos, but for sure, I think there are a lot of people that didn't, weren't a hundred percent sure that they were in it. Um, but you just knew Nate, like in your soul, or you were like, yeah, I saw, I saw a picture of Andrew Garfield Absolutely. on set. Yeah. Once I heard the rumor, once I heard about what like the plot was supposed to be about. And then once yeah. I heard the rumor that I didn't know for certain that Andrew was going to be in the movie, but right. I knew for certain that Toby was going to be in the movie. 
right. not not like even before the leaks and stuff, which just definitely cemented it. I knew absolutely that Toby was going to be in the movie because there, outside of all of even just the Spider-Man stuff, because of the scope of MCU now and where they are at, and with them looking for a place to fold MCU in, and with what happened with Loki and stuff, like it makes a lot of sense for them to dip into another pre-established uh, Marvel movie properties universe and bring someone over to create this multiversal thing for yeah. the general audience to allow them to bring in X-Men from another universe, to allow them to bring in an Iron Man from another universe or recast whoever they want now, because we've established that there is this multiverse of things that are similar, but not exactly the same. So all of that together made me absolutely positive that Toby was going to be in the movie. Um, now I did not think that Charlie was going to be in the movie. I was I was very on the fence about that. I I wanted him to be, but I was not sure. But that was very cool. Although I I do like wish I I mean there's only so much time, and I do think they did a great job with the time. The pacing is excellent. It doesn't feel like it lags at all. But yeah. I do kind of wonder like how did he end up? He just so happens to end up with with Matt Murdock. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, I'm not it's. Complaining, it, but. Honestly, it, it, yeah. If 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 this incarnation of Peter worked at the Daily Bugle, it wouldn't be that hard to imagine, you know. Although I guess uh, Ben Urich didn't write for the Daily Bugle; it was like the New York Bulletin. But you know, there are ways where it would sort of like, yeah, yeah. I don't quite know uh, if I had to guess. Matt Murdock probably offered his services. Uh, you know, yeah. kind of was like he's like because you know, he's this a is super. Right, exactly. Yeah. And he uh, but knows you're right. They don't have money and all sorts of yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah. It's also true, yeah. I know. Um that does that does remind me too the one time where I did cheer very loud and nobody else in the theater cheered was right the reveal of uh of J. Jonah Jameson in his in his room on the table with the green screen behind him. Yeah, yeah. And just the whole like having J. Jonah Jameson be you know, Ale doing an Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Well, with the daily, the, da the daily just, bugle supplements. Just, I yeah. just lost it. Oh, it was so, just so good. It was so Which, good. And most of the other people in the theater did not. They lost that reference, but it was well. And just think about how much it would have blown Alex Jones's mind to be like, "I've been telling you for years about the lizard people, yeah. and here's one of them now in New York City." <laughs> you know? And it ran past him, and he went, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." Yeah, no, I think that they uh, they used him. Uh, uh, they used J. Jonah Jameson uh, quite well. Uh, I think that uh, the performances from uh, Alfred Molina, I think, was great because he's always great. I mean, that's really the way I look at it. And uh, I think that this would there was uh, I think a lot of range for William, Willem Dafoe in this. And my understanding, I heard that he said he would do this movie if they let him do his own stunts. I don't think he did all of them, but he's in his 60s. And he was, even if he did one stunt, I'm like, that's probably too many. You know, you're not, you're not Tom Cruise hanging on the outside of an airplane. Yeah. But uh, I think that he really did so much. He added so much to a character that. I think was fairly well defined by 2002 standards, but man, there were bite marks all over the scenery in those movies. I mean, yeah. he was, you know, and it was great for him because he was, he was great at it. And I, I think that just sort of getting to kind of put this little 
bow on it, you know, a little cherry on top. Uh, I think that uh, he was great. And, uh, you know, Thomas Hayden Church had what, like an hour on set because the rest of it is all like CGI Sandman, you know. Um, but uh, I I thought that uh, Jamie Foxx was uh, so much better in this movie oh than he God. was in Amazing Excellent. Spider-Man. Thank God. So and, good. And the way he looked was better in this movie because yeah. I, I – I, the rest of the you guys don't know Christian knows uh, I tried to rewatch all of them before we went to go see it last night. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. due to some other things that happened, uh, we were not able to finish uh, Into the Spider Verse, or we didn't finish Homecoming, and we didn't get to see Far From Home. But we watched all the first five films, which we had not seen in a long time. But I'm glad we did because I was like, there's some stuff that I forgot, and this just kind of like helped helped and like for example it was fresh in our mind what electro looked like in amazing spider-man 2 and i was like all of my and christian knows i was live tweeting all of it and every thought that came to my brain i was tweeting it (laughs) and i was like electro looks super dumb like yeah that was my thoughts and then he came out and when he turns back into like looking like jamie fox i was like okay i'm on board with this this is this is not as bad they look like he is just a normal has a normal look but he is full of electricity and i liked him so much better well and i think on that end the director woke up and was like listen i've got willem (laughs) defoe i've got jamie fox multiple oscar nominee oscar winner like let them do that thing they can do and don't get in the way. And so like, let Jamie Foxx be kind of cool. That's okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, you know, we it's know. funny. My, yeah, my friend Adam texted me. I, I don't know. I guess in Baltimore, they don't know how chat works on uh, YouTube. I guess he's watching. Cause he says that uh, Jamie Foxx said he wouldn't do this. He wouldn't do this movie if he had to be blue again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I heard that too. Yeah. Um, but even the whole character is, is markedly different from yeah. the human version. Yeah. Of which which I think, I think there is a, a canonical reason for that. Yeah. Because yeah. if I'm not mistaken, Electro does not find out that Andrew Garfield is, is Peter Parker in the movie, in that movie. Mm-hmm. So this has to you, be a different Electro that is similar as in still Jamie Foxx, but not the blue one. So like there's, there is, there is kind of a, I don't know if that was how intentional that was. I'm sure somebody thought about it because they're very good about canon. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a good point because there can, yeah, you would assume there are multiple Tobey Maguire's, multiple Andrew Garfield's, uh, even a couple of Nicholas Hammond's shout out to the 78 TV series. You got to get a couple of those in there. Yeah. I will say like, I don't, I understand why they didn't. And maybe it was not even an idea, but how cool would it have been for him to open up another one more portal and we get Miles Morales? And this I is was, how he I was introduced for it. it. Like, I was yeah. like, oh. I like it was so cool. yeah. yeah. I, his name's not Peter, so it, it, wouldn't, no, it wouldn't really work. When you say that, do you mean a live action Miles, or do you think mean into the Spider Verse Miles? Because I'm not made a live action Miles. No, yeah, I, that would be I, crazy too. But I don't know if they're if they're ready to go that far. Yeah, I was just thinking it would be interesting Did if they're like, oh hey, guess what? We're bringing an animated Spider Man. So you think that we don't need to turn this into Who Framed Roger Rabbit? <laughs> I mean, I would be very down for that. But I, like, you know, baby steps. Okay. Yeah. Yes, we just course. got to the multiverse, let alone like, you know. 2D yeah. versus 3D. 
Yeah, I I think Tony, the yeah. you know the the nod to Miles where Jamie Fox you know yes, says was excellent. That maybe one so, day uh, be, Electro yeah. was an excellent villain in this. Yes. In this only yeah. only bested by William Defoe with yeah. an excellent uh, presentation of of Green Goblin that somehow it, it outdoes himself. Yeah, from previous like not only like the physicality and the way the fights were, were done, but just the way I so much admire the, the composition of this film. Cause after seeing the trailer, which by the way, now I will never trust a Marvel trailer ever again, because there's so <laughs> many scenes where they must, they had to literally have shot an alternate take yeah, yeah. just for the trailer. Like they must be doing yeah. that now. Uh, uh, um, yeah, no, I think that they, they, uh, they definitely did that for Endgame. There were different groupings of characters than went in the movie. Like when they're yeah, back to go Hulk back in time. The, Hulk was in Wakanda. Yeah. In, uh, in like in the, the trailer. trailer. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. They're, they're, they're constantly messing with us. And good. Yeah. I'm glad they yeah. did. But no, please from, do. Yeah. I, I was very surprised. Like from the trailer, I'm trying to figure out like, okay, how is this movie going to work together? Like even the thing, I remember a lot of discussion when the trailer first came out of like, why would Doctor Strange agree to do this and then yeah. obviously it plays out complete it like it's a few different lines of dialogue but it makes a huge difference wong says yes in the trailer he says no and dr strange yeah. is like we're gonna do it anyways like which yeah. is like that's kind of weird yeah but then he says yes and he's like all right and then you know the way that everything played out like the first fight too with like electro and like him with the black suit there's just so many great nods it, like i have never seen a a such a fan service heavy MCU film that did not feel campy really ever at all. Like it somehow was this fantastical superhero movie with more crazy villains and stuff that we in interdimensional travel and the whole mirror stuff, but it it didn't it it still felt like kind of grounded and like I emotional where we were invested in the characters the way they humanized the villains was fantastic like i i am still blown away at like the turn with mary jane or i'm um, sorry with aunt may and her saying the great power thing right and like yeah. i've been tricked this whole time i thought we just skipped the origin story and and yeah. just jumped into spider-man in reality all three of these films are the origin story yeah like holy crap dude it's so good <laughs> yeah i um i think that uh there the well you know what there was uh something that was in good in here that i let's just go to uh katie's friend the con guy yeah uh, i think Sorry, this I ending splits tom holland spider-man away from the avengers so i have a thought on this in that they're setting themselves up where should they choose to do that? It is very easy now to make Sony only Tom Holland, Spider-Man movies, or honestly, anybody playing Spider-Man, uh, you know, because to have ended the partnership between Sony and Marvel studios after far from home, that would have made this very complicated. Sure. I'm sure there's a way you could have kind of figured some of this out, but being able to have Doctor Strange and deal with the multiverse, I think this had to be. But now it's like, well, people don't remember him. So you can really set off in any direction you want to. I do think that as much as I like some of the previous five films, the these movies are much better in the sense that 
him being a part of the MCU, I think is a really important part of why these work and why people like the Tom Holland, Holland Spider-Man. And remember, like he's been Spider-Man in 10 movies. He didn't star in 10 movies, but we've really gotten to see so much more of him than we have of either of the other two. Uh, also, he know. was still like they would the everybody in the Avengers would still know who Spider-Man was. They just wouldn't know that he they was don't Peter know, right. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I was that's talking to my wife about that afterwards. They know who also, Spider-Man is, but they don't know that who's under the mask. So there's no reason he doesn't like take off the mask like, "Hi, my name's Peter." Yeah. I did also find it interesting that they made a point to note that Nick Fury is off off world. Yeah. And Doctor yeah, Strange's spell was only yeah. concentrated on people on the planet. So Nick still knows who Peter is, which yeah. I think is going to be important. Would that mean that like Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain Marvel do also? I don't know if Captain Marvel knows, but I think Peter Quill knows. But like Peter well, Quill would still Peter. know, right? He, yeah, theoretically, I mean, in, the spell in, wouldn't have affected them. In Endgame, you know, she, uh, uh, Carol says, uh, "Hi, Peter Parker." You know, oh, so, yeah. so, uh, yeah. Um, so I, I'm inclined to uh, think it's possible, but uh, Kangai is wondering if the next film would be Sinister Six. I, I think that Sinister Six is its own film, and that's not the next Spider-Man movie, uh, but. All of these things are very possible, and you know we're going to have a few years to theorize on on really a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Daniel Drew just points out he has a complete secret identity now. You know, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing as uh, as as sad and heartbreaking as it is to lose Aunt, uh, to lose Aunt May, it's kind of the only way that this would work, where no one knows who he is anymore. Yeah. 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 Aunt May's still around. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, that definitely makes it just makes it a lot more complicated, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that uh, I don't know. I think that uh, there are so many questions about what's next, but we'll sort of uh, focus back on what's actually in this movie, because, you know, there's there's so many different ways to go down and, you know, we're. We're already we're already forty five minutes in, so uh, I don't well, want to go ahead. I go off of that though. Like I was gonna say that the end of it, it kind of it it the reason why I actually think it was like beautifully sad or beautifully tragic was that you know you always see Peter trying to do what he thinks is best and always trying to help people, and it it always goes wrong. Uh, no matter yeah. what he tries to be the best person and up until this point in his franchise he hasn't had a lot of a lot of problems happen like you know we he didn't see the death of any of his family he didn't lose the girl all that stuff which happened early on in the other films and then to have it be like i don't want people to forget me and then the catch is that i guess that's going to happen anyway and it just yeah. kind of was like ooh, like no matter what peter tries it's it's always going to backfire on him and it, it made it more sad, but like very powerful at the same time. Yeah, like, uh, here's a here's an interaction from earlier in the chat. So Ivan Soto says this was one of the best movies, Spider-Man or otherwise, I've seen in a long time. But it's also one of the most heartbreaking movies. How does this happen? Daniel Drew sums it up perfectly because it's Spider-Man. Because it's always heartbreaking. You know, the, the story of your uncle died. The guy ran right by you. All you had to do was throw up an elbow. And 
Yeah. The reason that, and and this is from the comic books because it's not as clear in the movie. The reason why Gwen Stacy dying is so heartbreaking is because she doesn't die because the Green Goblin threw her. She dies because Peter tries to stop her with his webs and breaks her neck. That is just next level dark. Yeah. And you know, to just have the fact that he can still be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man ever is, oh, you know, I mean, and, and there's so there's so many other things to deal with, you know, I mean, his his parents dying, you know, uh, in in that incarnation, you know, in the comics, they they brought them back only to kill them again, which because again, hashtag because it's Spider-Man. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit about some of the fan service in this movie, and uh, I wanted to know if any of you think that there's a chance that something very specific that the reaction that the diehard DC fans had to the Snyder Cut, not the casual fans, what they loved about it was just like, it's like almost all fan service. It's four hours of fan service. No, but, I, but, I mean, here's the thing. I think... To, to all your points, it's like, this is a movie that we talked before about this idea of working big and small. That has always been Spider-Man, right? I mean, Spider-Man really, for years, Spider-Man X-Men were the hearts of the Marvel Universe in the comic books. I'm sitting there as a, you know, 12-year-old in Delaware, like, reading this stuff and finding myself so connected to Peter Parker, so connected to what it meant to be an X-Man, you know, like and and so that idea of you know is it fan service like yeah you got you know uh, the murderer's row of villains here but the truth is like the moments that really land are the smaller moments like as as great as some of those action scenes were and it, Nate you brought up like the staging of it like that opening scene of him sneaking back into his apartment and and it's done as you know looks like with no cuts obviously they're oh cut the it was that, so good it us in and. And, and really, what they did with this is, yes, they gave us the greatest hits. They really did. But really, they also, like, the, the, it's funny. Everyone hated when, uh, was it uh, One More Day came out? Uh, or Brand New Day? What, um, yeah, the, uh, one, more, one More Day. One yeah, More Day. Yeah. And yet, brand, brand New Day was this. The, yeah, yeah. But One More this Day, This yeah. is that. And, it. I mean, I thought that was a really good run. I, I actually yep. defended that back in the day. And and really, the heart and the emotion here—it's—it's it's really what Marvel fans connected to. And you're right; I could hear people crying. I mean, I will take off my glasses because they're fogging up for my own tears. And you know, I'm still trying to convince my 13 and 10 year old that their dad is, you know, machismo. You know, that's why the beard's so damn long. <laughs> but the truth <laughs> is, like, it, yeah. it broke my heart, and it broke the heart of everyone in that theater. So, yeah, no, I, I think. Maybe they came for the fan service, but that's not the thing they left with. I think no, but I think that uh, the the sort of celebrating that, but ultimately you still have to make a great movie, and you're and talking okay. about yeah. some of the heart in this movie, and it had so much know, heart, I think. And my yeah. my my wife like gulping back tears uh, when Aunt May died, you know, uh, and uh, in a in in a in a little bit, uh, I will. Uh, oh I yeah, will talk about my own emotions but uh, we, we're not we're not so much there yet uh i do think <laughs> that an important an, an important distinction is to focus on the fact uh 
that we do have a difference of opinion here on today's panel uh, as it relates to the previous uh, Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Men. Uh, and here, uh, the, the, what I have long thought is that Andrew Garfield was perfect as Peter Parker. I thought Toby was a good Spider-Man, but the biggest reason why I liked Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker was because he was so good with Gwen. The scenes with them together, you could take all the spider here, uh, Spider-Man superheroing out of those movies. And if it was just the, the Peter and Gwen, like meet cute and, uh, and you know, it's like the rom-com Peter and Gwen. Oh, you movie. admit it. Yeah. I'll, that that's, that's my favorite part because you get that character development. I don't think he, I, I didn't think he was bad as Spider-Man. I just thought he was so good as Peter. And I I think that the first Andrew Garfield movie was a better origin story than the Sam Raimi uh, origin story. Uh, and because I know the answer, uh, Katie, what do you think? Uh, well, so I was always in this, in the, it's a very common, I believe, I don't remember which, uh, which one of our viewers said it, but it's been a long time thing where when asked what my, who my favorite Spider-Man was, I would say that Tobey Maguire was my favorite Peter and that Andrew Garfield was my favorite Spider-Man and then Tom Holland was my favorite both until I did my rewatch. Um, when I did my rewatch, I could not get on board with Tobey Maguire. It just, his acting to me, it just was very like in a way I get it. He's nerdy. He did he did play a very believable nerdy side of Peter Parker. Right, let me just interject. Let's just talk about Tobey Maguire in one and two. Let's not talk about Tobey Maguire <laughs> in three. Oh yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, there, there's so many, and it's not because he's a bad actor. Uh, that's, that's a script problem. That's a directing problem. That's it's an everything a, problem. That's a putting too many characters into that movie. That's an uh, emo problem. Got yeah. You know, God bless Bryce Dallas Howard, but she should not have been in that movie. The, the Gwen, uh, Gwen shouldn't have been in that movie. You know, it was just you're trying too much. There's too many things. So, you, but anyway, so so Toby in one and two. Sorry. Yeah, and he he of course when people say he was he portrayed the more geeky nerdy kid than than Andrew Garfield did. I do agree with that, but I feel like believability wise i just believed andrew garfield more as being able to be both characters um also like i definitely did not believe toby mcguire as spider-man i i'm opposite with christian on that i i was just like nope i don't i don't get it i don't see it um but i i'm with you on the the character development the story between gwen and peter i mean obviously i love gwen so obviously i have a bias and i will admit it um that's what got me in. I told someone this at work today. I'm like, if you took out the villains, the final terrible portrayal of the villains at the end of the movie, it would be a great movie. The issue is, is the villains were like an afterthought, in my opinion, and that's why the second one didn't work to me. But when you, I rewatched, you're talking them, about the second Andrew Garfield, right? Yes, Amazing yeah, Spider-Man yeah. Two. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as much as I didn't like Toby in the first three films or first two films, my bad. Um, I feel like they all outacted their previous time portraying their characters in this movie. So they all acted yeah. more better at their characters than they originally did. And I like that they also played off of 
you know, Andrew Garfield being like, I'm the lame one, like playing off of the fact yeah. that the fans hated him so much and being able to make fun <laughs> of it and give you that charm and kind of made I, him feel more like Peter Parker to me um, with yeah. the way that he interacted in the new one. I, I thought um, that that was a great choice to sort yeah. of, you know, have that. You have the other, you have the other two Peters trying to sort of pick him up. That is a very Peter Parker thing to really yeah. feel that way about yourself. Uh, just uh, he was lower than the other two. And uh, look, I think uh, Andrew Garfield has been in so many things in the last few years. And I think just, I, I mean, obviously they're all better actors than the first time they were in, they played Spider-Man, including Tom Holland, you know, I mean, it's just experience, you know, you're just, and uh, you know, I think having Toby as this older uh, Peter was great, but I, you mentioned Gwen, and uh, I want to uh, talk. I want to uh, throw some of this uh, to Nate in a second. But you talked about Gwen. This is a great opportunity. I wanted to let people know uh, just how uh, our friend Katie uh, went to the theater, and oh, you can wow. find her on Instagram uh, underscore uh, Katie underscore Christine KT underscore yeah. Christine. And uh, just for a better look at uh, the Gwen, and it, it's interesting about Gwen, the Spider-Gwen outfit, of course, it really lends itself to adding a mask to it, you know, like a face mask, like which uh, before anybody in any other parts of the country say anything, uh, in California, you want to watch a movie, you're going to wear a mask unless you're eating popcorn, which means I wear a mask for about four minutes during a two hour and 30 minute movie because uh, <laughs> free refills, what am I going to do? No. Um, but, uh, yeah, I wanted to show those off and, uh, that, uh, Katie, obviously, uh, the costuming is important to you and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but Nate, yeah. uh, so I know you have a, a different view on Andrew Garfield. So I want you to start from your, your just long held standpoint. I feel and if bad this now. movie if this movie did anything to sort of change the way you thought of him, I the answer does not need to be yes, by the way. it's absolutely I definitely cool. enjoyed Andrew in this movie a lot more yeah. than I expected to. I didn't see the first one, but I saw the second one, the one that had Jamie Foxx in it. And the, the Well, the one with the lizard is, is yeah. definitely the better of the two. I didn't watch that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I honestly... A lot. Um, I mean, I will not lie. A lot of it is just bias and nostalgia for me. Like Superman was, or Superman, Spider Man was the first, like, real comic movie that really meant a lot to me. Like, I really personally was really invested in Spider Man, and so Toby for me is Peter Parker, and I do think Tom Holland does a good job, but I think both him and Andrew are just like too hot to be Peter Parker. Like they're just way <laughs> too good looking. They're just like incredibly good looking. And... But it's different universes. So in other universes, why can't Peter Parker be hot? Yeah, no, he absolutely can be. But like, <laughs> I feel like, come on, man, like give the nerdy guys, give them something. Like that's Peter's whole thing is like, he was a, this nerdy, like weak kid who was just a brainiac. And then now all of a sudden he's got this like brawn and he has to like deal with this power. But but I, I digress. I, I really liked Andrew in the movie. I, I was very I liked that they they played around with the idea that like people didn't like his Spider-Man as much with like his self-confidence and stuff. I thought their interaction with the like the like I love you guys and they're like 
Yeah, like that was yeah. that was oh, so good. The, the fact that they didn't yeah. say it back is is <laughs> yeah. the most Peter Parker thing we could have gotten. Spider-Man like, 3. Well, okay. Just, well, well, I've bro. always been I've always been a Mary Jane guy and I I, I feel really bad, but I've never really cared for Gwen Stacy. So I, I'm I'm with you in the respect kind of that, that my era of Spider-Man in the comic books was right when Gwen came, I'm sorry, when Mary Jane came back into his life and he proposed. And of course she says no, but then she comes back around and they get married. I love, I actually love married Peter and MJ. I, I think that that is a great dynamic that uh, I, uh, I, I, I don't think that uh, Mephisto needs to get involved and undo anybody's marriage. You know, I'm sure that Matt Murdock can handle divorces as well, you know, or, or you know, have Foggy do it. That's fine. But in any case, uh, I really was impressed by what we saw of Andrew Garfield in this movie. I am admittedly an apologist for the amazing Spider-Man two. I know all the, I know all the faults of it and they're similar to the faults in Spider-Man three, the Tobey Maguire one, putting too many extra characters in there, trying to set up movies that you ultimately didn't make. I mean, Felicity Jones is in that movie as, as, as Norman Osborn's secretary. She's Felicia Hardy. It's just like, okay, but we never saw black cat in a movie. So, you know, it's like all these things that just, you don't get to, and so to look back at it, you're like, why didn't they just tell? Why didn't you just tell the story of Electro? Why didn't you just tell the story? The Gwen dying is enough. You didn't need yeah. all. Of it. You didn't need oh, B.J. Yeah. Novak as Alistair Smythe one day inventing the Spider Slayer. You know, it was just like, you know, th- this is like if you had done a Spider-Man series, Amazing Spider-Man Two should have been like a whole season. You know, and then you're you're sort of laying all these things along the way. But it was a it was a two and a half hour I mean, movie. That's why I think it is definitely hard to compare those movies to the MCU yeah. Spider-Man movies, because even though the first Spider-Man, there isn't really any crossover like it still kind of lends itself to this greater world. And it kind of gives context to a lot of situations and it allows characters to briefly appear that have continuity somewhere else. So they're not just like seemingly random. And and these those movies that came before, obviously, it was, you know, years before didn't have that luxury of they were literally just trying to build that whole world themselves. Um, like, yeah. I, I just I really love that we not only got all of these characters back, but for me, again, like. For me, Spider-Man is Green Goblin, like Norman Osborn. And yeah. we talked about it already, but still, like William Defoe is incredible. But also just being able to get our Tom Holland Spider-Man to have this fight with Norman, even though he doesn't really exist in our universe. Like, because that to me, that's like it's like, you know, there's certain rite of passages to being Spider-Man and like besting Norman Osborn, I feel like is on that list. And it just felt like really cool to see him do that. Um, Having them, having him mirror the civil war pose with, with him, like trying to impale him with the glider on the captain America shield. I thought was fantastic. Um, Yeah. A lot of great parallels in this film. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Go, go ahead, Eric. Yeah, and and uh, I want to uh, the point that you're bringing up. Uh, absolutely, mention that 
Uh, but I also do want to get your thoughts on uh, Andrew Garfield. And, you know, we were talking about how Katie went to the movie. Uh, Eric wanted to share with us so that we could all see how he went to the movie. And uh, thank you so much for sending that to us. Best of all that you kept your glasses on. Uh, <laughs> the, the angle added a little bit of weight, I have to admit. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, what was the point you wanted to make? But uh, Is that I, the amazing Spider-Man costume, I think, right? Uh, it, it's whatever you find at Walmart at, at that's midnight the, on a Tuesday. That. That's no, that's the the Japanese Spider-Man. Uh, Hollywood Boulevard. You, yeah, you you'll then turn into a uh, you yeah you'll then turn into a Shogun warrior or possibly a go. Also, by the way, if I was walking down the street with two young boys while wearing that outfit, I would no longer have those kids. No, so they would yeah. be taken, and I would hope so. I, I want the police to take children away from a man wearing that. Um, <laughs> so. Y- y- yeah, uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two. Uh, I, I've talked about, I think, before with you, Christian. Like, I, I, I kind of hate that film. Yeah, I don't and then just uh, I'll just interject uh, very yeah. quickly. It, it's it's my Batman versus Superman. I know people who love that movie, and I can't wrap my head around it. I know it's I, I shouldn't like that movie as much what, as what I do. The name? But I, 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 I just there. Yeah, at, at the core, it's because of Peter and Gwen. But anyway, you hate yeah. that movie. I hate that movie, but I don't hate Andrew Garfield. I actually, I remember when I saw Amazing Spider-Man 1, I was thinking like, huh, Andrew Garfield, I think maybe he is a better Peter Parker. You know, and, and so I had no issues with him, but I, it was everything else. It's, it talked about how terrible Jamie Foxx is in that, and there's no excuse for that. For yeah, Jamie, not not in this, but in that. In, in oh, that. oh, yeah, no, this is great. Um, yeah. And even, I, you know, by the way, the shout out to the Rhino, you know, when you heard that somewhere, I was very happy. Yeah. You know, dude, I, I, I found yeah. a Russian guy in like a rhinoceros, a metal rhinoceros. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, that, that was fantastic. So happy that they gave a shout out to the single worst part of that not very good film, in my humble opinion. Um, but you know, I thought Andrew Garfield here was great. What really, too, and what we've talked about, there was such a great chemistry between those three actors. That was the thing. I, I, I actually, I, I, maybe you, you're talking thing. about Toby, Andrew, Toby, and Andrew. Tom. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I agree. Yeah, I mean, there was something about how when they were on the screen together, they weren't trying to like one up each other. It, and part of this is the writing was so smart about how they were used, um, and it was it wasn't afraid to find humor, sometimes goofy humor in their interactions, but then also like some real pathos too, you know. And and really, they were saying a lot of lines that you know. A lot of guys who look like me have probably said in coffee shops all around this country after seeing uh, one of these look, movies. When when we saw the first Sam Raimi Spider Man mm-hmm. and they decided that his webs came out of him, uh, we all wanted to know what Tom Holland asked. Oh, of Did course, they come out of anywhere else. And he's like, <laughs> no, just yeah. my wrists. Great uh, that Perfectly stuff was great. Asked. Andrew Garfield cracking his back, you know, yeah. just a oh, lot yeah, yeah. of that stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely, the, I, I'm up for the, uh, the, the Hope and Crosby style road picture with, uh, Toby and Andrew and they don't even, they can play different characters. Sure. You know, they don't, they're like, you know, it's too expensive to put them both as Peter Parker in a movie. I just want to watch them together again. Right. And yeah. Um, but anyway, sorry, I wanted to let you finish up your thought. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, it's all good. I, I mean, even give Taika Waititi a, a couple of bucks to make 
some five minute shorts with them like they did with Thor, you know? Like I, I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you can afford or that. Deadpool. Or right, right, right. Oh yeah, those guys hanging out with Deadpool would be the greatest. Movie I of want all that time. so much. Yeah. And and it's and the idea too of like a Spider-Man for every season, like one in the 40s, one in the 30s, one in the 20s was great. And and really yeah. uh, added so much to the storytelling. But one thing I realized in watching this, so Statue of Liberty has that shield, you know, Captain America's shield. And and they referred to that in Hawkeye. Yeah. Which I was like, I mean, I was like, oh my God. I mean, talk about. Well, when Peter's wa- in this movie, and I caught it the second time, when Peter's washing the green paint out of, he's trying to wash the green paint out yeah, of his suit. Yeah, yeah. He's listening to talk radio, first time, long time. And there, there's somebody talking about like the Statue of Liberty was good enough. Why are they adding this to it? You know, so yeah, and then there was the reference to that as well in in Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah, late, yeah, and late then of course, right. conveniently Early when he's swinging with Mary Jane in, in the start, he he flies past a, a, a Captain America the musical billboard. Oh, oh I did. I actually Rogers didn't catch that. You're right. Oh yeah, my god, I love that. But then, of course, the shield is uh, pretty much uh, removed uh, from the Statue of Liberty, which I think is <laughs> yeah. that's a. That's a sort of a nice touch. Um, so the uh, the point that I wanted to make sure I got to in regards to Andrew Garfield is I would assume that there was probably some level there. I would assume there's apprehension when he's first asked, would you think about being you know Peter Parker again in a movie? And then I would think that whether it was a, a meeting with Kevin Feige or actually getting to read the pages that are his scenes, however this happens, I think seeing what he gets to do as this Peter, the the doubt and just sort of his speech about how he stopped pulling his punches. Yeah. And just that idea of like when we because the last time we saw him at the end of amazing Spider-Man two was uh, right after Gwen died. And just like, yeah, to know that like, Oh, it got, it got really dark and really rough for him. And we get a little bit of that with the Toby version as well. But for me, uh, we were talking uh, earlier. Uh, I, I believe I cried three times in Endgame. <laughs> Uh, only once in this, and I will tell everyone now uh, when that was. And uh, it was, it was, it was building uh, when MJ is falling, and Tom's about. I have to refer to them as the actor names. There's no other way to do it. And and Tom's about to get her, and then uh, he's not. And that look on Andrew Garfield's face. He said earlier about how he'd had so many times to think about what he could have done differently. And so he dives and he does what he couldn't do for Gwen. So that that's not it. That's like very emotional, so well played. And so he does it and he's got, and so then he starts to cry and uh, that starts to get to me, but it's more, he says, are you okay? And she says, yeah. Are you okay? And it's that look on his face where it's like, yeah, that's the moment. And like, I was trying to describe to my wife that that's what made me cry. And like, I'm like, wait, I'm talking about it and I'm getting choked up about it. The (laughs) fact that he's able to sort of convey that, I mean, it's really, he doesn't say much. It's all on his face. And 
yes, it's a, I'm really zeroing in on this specific aspect of, of what happened, but just because it really resounded with me so much. And I was just like, I can't believe this is what's going on, you know? And then I'm like, am I a monster? Because I didn't cry for Aunt May, you know, <laughs> but it's just, uh, it's just such depth to the character because look, even if he's not people's favorite Spider-Man, this is still Peter Parker. This is an important part of who he is. Gwen Stacy dying is a huge part of many iterations of Peter Parker. So uh, I don't know. I mean, that, that really got to me and I can see, you know, Andrew Garfield maybe is now a little bit more of an actor with a capital A. I, I don't know. Maybe I that's mean, how he Oscar handles himself. Nominated, so. Yeah. No, no, exactly. <laughs> so I, I think that uh, it's like, and, and, you know, I think it's just like, don't worry, we're going to give you stuff to do. Um, what did you think, uh, Katie? Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're in the small contingent, not just on this show. We're, we're in the pro Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man uh, uh, contingent here. Uh, what did you think about sort of what he got to do, but then also that moment where he saves MJ? Um, that's not the first part I cried. I did cry like crazy when Aunt May died. Um, just like I did. In yeah, another... we've established that I'm a monster. We can just, move. Just you're, you're like not another... broken like Christian. I don't. I don't know who in chat or who of you guys have played the game. Um, I don't want to spoil the game for people, but I cried during the game too. Um, and so oh, the, video, the the Spider-Man game. The, the Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah okay. uh, PS4 game. Not the Michael Douglas. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, the Michael Douglas movie, the game. Yeah. And not the sitcom, the game either. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's so, keep it all. Yeah. I cried the then. But honestly, I, I wanted to cry more when Aunt May died, but I wasn't able to for some reason. My age just was not happening. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I not crying more? And then, yeah, that face, that look on Andrew Garfield's face when he saved MJ, which I predicted he was going to do. I predicted he was going to save her and get his redemption, but seeing it on screen absolutely broke me. I lost it to see that look of, I did it. I, I did what I couldn't do in my own universe and saved her. And every single person I've talked to who said they only cried once, Christian, cried in that same part. So you're not alone. I have other people that were like, I cried in that same part. And I'm like, yeah. And it, it was just like, not only did you provide closure for your character and what people thought of your character and the people who hated your movie because of this, you provided the fans closure, you provided yourself closure. It was just a beautiful moment, but that is not the only time I cried, but that one did get me really hard um, because that moment, it just, that it was just yeah. like a small beat and it was so powerful. <laughs> Uh, so. By the way, I don't know that I ever cried in a movie before I had kids. Like literally, my whole life. I don't know. It's just uh, I don't know what it's yeah, Mets me. fan. I, I Mets fans oh. like we suffer and we bleed and no. we cry. Like what? No, 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 no. You can't let them see you cry. You know, it's weird. That's you know, let them you do Mets. Fan. That's all I do. Yeah. No, no. I'm you just have to right do what now I'm thinking about next season. Yeah. Well, you just have to. You know, when you're when you spent multiple thousands of dollars for a trip to New York and the Kansas city Royals are celebrating their world series win on the field. You look away. You don't, you don't watch, you put your head down and you walk to the seven train anyway. Um, I mean, I but, almost started crying just thinking about it again. So, you know, yeah. Which by the way, uh, I did think of you, Eric, when MJ said, I think the Mets are going to go all the way this year. I'm like, well, if MJ said it, uh, my own but that, son but, laughed at me at that but, part. 
but this year, but this is like 2027 or something. So uh, unfortunately, it's not. It's not 2022. It's not anyway. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, you're Nate. You're not the first person that I've talked to who wasn't particularly a fan of the Andrew Garfield movies, but saw this and felt like you know they really did a good job, kind of giving him you know sort of revisiting the character. You know, to an extent, it's what they did with Electro. It's what they did with uh with norman osborne you know they're sort of like yeah yeah this stuff happened but we're kind of updating it a little bit we're kind of giving them more to do and i think i don't look at it as like revisionist i just think it's like they've sort of updated some of what we'd seen before do you think that's a fair assessment nate absolutely and and i think one of the things that i think is really cool about this film is that you know, you have Flash Thompson and his book Flashpoint that he wrote. Um, but I think, which, by the way, called Flashpoint, not should not be lost on any of us. Yeah. Exactly, and and that's and that too is like, not only is that a cool Easter egg reference, but it it really does kind of summarize this film, kind of like it is kind of a little mini Flashpoint just for Spider Man to kind of reset yeah. his universe, um, and like narratively to be able to pull that off and have it be very meaningful. Um, like I, so being a, not a fan of amazing Spider-Man, you know, I was not really that moved by that scene. I did think it was very well performed, but I, sure. you know, was not that emotional. Also, especially too, I have to say, I, you know, again, damn you Marvel trailers, because that scene's in the trailer. So I already knew that she was going to fall and I knew that she was not going to die. So that also took, took some of the tension away. Um, but I, I think he, the moment that really got me was in the end, which was him seeing Ned and MJ and kind of, you know, him having that letter that he wants to give to them and not, you know, him internalizing. I've never been crazy about Tom Holland. I think he's kind of generic and just really good looking. But in that last scene, he did a lot of very good, you know, eye face acting of him going through the process of like, maybe it's better for them if they continue to not know me. If I don't like there's a reason why we had to go through all of this in order to get them to forget me and fix all this stuff. So maybe I don't go back into that. And that I think is very powerful. It, it, it takes a movie that is kind of fun and at sometimes heavy, but also makes it a very philosophical thing about being a hero, which I think is right in the time that we're at in the MCU is a great time to start examining that. Like, what does it mean to be a hero to the people around you, you know, to, to yeah. yourself and your identity. And especially with Peter being such a young guy, we've seen him growing up, you know, he's going off to college and growing, you know, getting out of high school. They, I think they positioned him not only in a great space within the MCU to do stuff, but also as a character to grow and still like do more cool stuff, you know, becoming the legend that is Spider-Man or whatever. Yeah, what's interesting yeah. is like everyone's going to forget about Peter, but he forget about Peter. That that's the right. thing that really got me at the end, right? It's like what one of them even said, "Oh, you're still trying to do both," you know. And the realization, like he he doesn't get to be Peter anymore. It's not just because people forgot about Peter. He, I mean, that's the crazy part. He has to forget about Peter, and part of that is then allowing them to live their lives, which was such a, I mean, that sacrifice. And that that's a part that I mean, I know it's an obvious answer, but that's the part that got me the most is 
him not being able to say a word to them. They're going on with their lives. They've already forgotten him. He hasn't forgotten them. It's like, oh, that got me. Like that was a moment. I'm glad we were sticking around for the you know mid credit and end credit scene because yeah. I didn't want to get up. <laughs> like I needed, yeah, I needed well, a moment with that. You know, yeah, I think it's a, a testament to what Doctor Strange was able to do. Although I would put forth here uh, in uh, on the record in front of everyone that Doctor Strange could make people forget about Peter Parker, but he could never make us forget about Dre. So what I did want to talk about was a little bit more with Doctor Strange and the idea that you want to talk about the misleading trailers, Nate. They made it look like he was this like bumbling wizard from, you know, like Samantha from Bewitched. And he's just like, well, I just cast the wrong spell because I'm stupid. And, well, and I was like, so I'm like, what did they do to Doctor Strange? And then it's like, oh, no, no, this actually works. Uh, and I think... Uh, the interestingly named in the chat, um, probably about an hour ago, Haywood Wong gave a shout out to Wong, who we find out is the Sorcerer Supreme. And as Stephen points out on a technicality, because I was gone for five years, um, it's like that makes perfect sense because someone does need to be Sorcerer Supreme. And uh, interesting that he is now because that wasn't even there was that was not even like hinted at in Shang-Chi, you know. Uh, yeah, I, we, it makes more sense now, though. Like now yeah. that now that they revealed that Wong is Sorcerer Supreme, or like that makes sense why it's Wong in the meeting yeah. with yeah, with, uh, which Hadian it also Wong. shows how smart he is because he's the you know he he the last thing he says to Stephen is I don't want any part of this because <laughs> he's like yeah, this is like this is not going to be my problem. Uh, so yeah, I think that uh, this is, I think it's very consistent for Stephen Strange, I think in this movie, he did seem a little bit more likable in the Avengers movies, you know, in Infinity War and Endgame, but uh, this is fairly consistent with that. And it is interesting, you know, we did a, we did mention it that the end credits is really, a, it's a glorified trailer, but that yeah. does look awesome. And uh, Nate, it really looks like we're seeing in that end credit sequence we're seeing the the Stephen Strange from the What If episode, which I, still stands I, out for me as the best What If episode. I'm I'm not 100 convinced that it's him. Yeah. It could be him. Yeah, but I don't. I I don't. Initially, I was like, oh my god, but now I now I now I don't know. I I, I rewatched it online and yeah. Uh, well, it has it has a shot of. Uh, Stephen Strange getting married, which you know, in that what if we saw many times, yep. so it's very interesting to see. Well, he's where not it getting goes. married; he's in the audience, and oh, the girl is getting married. You're right. That he, uh, that he, the girl that he Christine, was friend zoned with. I, I forget her name. name. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Friend zoned with, and then in what if you know they're like kind of yeah. like small cross lovers. So, I, I honestly, the thing that I don't know if I missed it and it was revealed before, but I did not know that America Chavez was going to be in uh, uh, Doctor Strange. Yes. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that either. Actually, well, she's in that trailer, yeah. and I lost my mind. I was like, "Is that?" And then you see the star, and it all makes sense because she is very much like a multi-dimensional character. It's part of her right. origin and stuff. But this just makes me more excited for Young Avengers because this is just another one to add to the list. Ooh, yeah. 
It's uh, it, it was uh, brought up uh, in the chat. Uh, our friend Jason Blair, who literally popped in uh, after getting home from seeing the movie tonight, uh, he hadn't seen the Venom movies, and I think that he, you know after Let There Be Carnage, uh, I think the expectation was that Venom was going to really factor into this story, and we talked about some theories for some of the things that might be so. I don't think there was room for him in this movie, but it seeing that in the mid credit scene, it is the reminder of like, oh yeah, I thought they were going to do something with that. And it's like, they do something. And by the way, shout out to Danny Rojas uh, as the bartender. And I don't know the actor's name, but uh, from Ted Lasso, Danny Rojas, AKA football is life uh, was, uh, was there as a bartender. So that was fantastic. And just, you know, Tom Hardy, basically just there to leave behind a little venom ooze, but, uh, you know, for him to go back to his universe without interacting with Spider-Man, I'm like, Oh, I mean, I guess he can cross over again. So it's, uh, again, it would have made this movie a mess, but that was like a little, like, Oh yeah, I had kind of hoped for that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Eric, should I have not have had that feeling once? It, once I saw Venom, I'm like, oh yeah. Why was he not in this damn movie? It's funny. He shows up, and the tone of his performance is really different. I felt like then, like you see all these other actors in this world and this tone, and I feel like even with all their differing styles, they still felt part of that same universe, part of the but. but he shows up and all of a sudden he's like doing this, that thing Tom Hardy feels the need to do. And Tom Hardy's a wonderful actor. I feel like he, he, he needs directors who would be like, who kind of like, like the way Al Pacino or Chris Walken needs a director to be like, bring, bring it back. No, no, we got that take. It was beautiful. Now bring it back half. Let's you did 10. Let's do five. And I feel like he needs that because otherwise he does stick. And, and yeah. I, I like the scene. It was funny. Um, but he just feels I'm, I am glad that he was kind of off to the side here, but that, that one image of the little bit of ooze I thought was great. I mean, that's like, okay, cool. That's all I needed from it. Yeah. yeah but I, not, I mean, but not the secret of the ooze because that's <laughs> well, I already <laughs> learned the secret of the ooze. Yeah. I hadn't seen, um, the Venom movies, but Spider-Man isn't in those movies, right? No. Spider-Man is not in those movies. So does, there's, like, there's little yeah. Easter eggs. How does like, you know that? Peter Parker like, is Spider-Man. Oh, he, uh, the end of Carnage. The, the end of Carnage. He pops over to the, the MCU. The credits sees him on yeah. TV. Yeah. The end so, credit sequence is basically, okay. yeah. He sees yeah. It on so that's TV. why the expectation was that he would be in this movie, because yeah. it, it was clear that the Venom movies were not in the MCU. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't know if there was a Spider-Man there. They never dealt with it. And then he crossed over and he sees J. Jonah Jameson revealing Peter Parker as Spider-Man. Uh, so they want, they're intrigued and, and it sort of asks questions that, oh, does Venom recognize him? Is the uh, Topher Grace Venom part of the same collective, just in a different, you know what I mean? There was like a lot of moving pieces. It was like the meme of Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you know, trying to connect all the yeah, dots the, on the board. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then this movie was just like, yeah, you could just knock down the whole board because none of that mattered. <laughs> you know, we didn't we didn't even go there. And uh looks like uh, Eric is joined by a guest. Hello. What did you think of Spidey? Um, good. Definitely. 
Thumbs up. I read them a lot of what if references. Like with the room explosion with Doctor Strange, you can see the what if space and also Loki space. Yeah, see, we, we, were, we, were, we were thinking about we're that. Not we're not getting uh, Doctor Strange uh, until May, so we're going to have to wait uh, you know, half a year, basically. Nate, you and I will either be uh, you know excited that they incorporated it or it'll still, it'll still be cool. I mean, having this dark version of Stephen Strange is great, but oh. if it is actually that one from I, the what if. My one reason why I don't think it's going to be the same one is how they ended that. Like he's there watching, because if if we're pulling that same dark, strange, strange supreme, whatever, right? Yeah, he's supposed to be watching the Killmonger and Ultron things, right? So if he's not doing that, then are those guys going to be the next threat in the MCU? Because yeah, he brought them fair. with him or something. Like there, there's a whole lot of continuity stuff that then would would have to yeah. be explained from that. What were you going to say, Katie? certainly think that it's going to be the same story from what if that Doctor Strange is doing if he is Strange Supreme. Um, I think it's just like a, hey, we teased that Dark Strange is a thing. This is going to be our take on it. But maybe, you know, who knows? They, they fooled us once with this trailer, so they probably have a trick or two in this next one. <laughs> True. Yeah. But, I forgot. The I was, number one rule, don't trust the Marvel trailers. Yeah. Uh, and the thing that made me think it was led to what if was because we did have Spidey with Doctor Strange's cape right. in this movie as well, which was also in What If, in the Zombie Hunter episode. That's true. So they did a couple, like, What If I, Easter eggs, I guess. By the way, you're reminding me that uh, I did enjoy when Ned said, thank you, Mr. Cape. Uh, <laughs> to, uh, um I don't. I don't want to get too bogged down in, in uh, you know, some of the the theories and things because we will uh, wind things up in a moment. But uh, Jason Blair says one thing that he thinks is a loophole. Happy remembers Spider Man, but not Peter Parker. So MJ and Ned should remember that they've met Spider Man. Seems like that's Peter's easy into getting back into MJ and Ned's life. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could be something where Spider Man. We were saying that earlier. Spider Man can get back in with some of these people that he knows. But we're not sure whether or not yeah. uh, the thing is, is like Peter's going to be able to do that. You have to remember in that scenario, right? So he goes in his suit and he's like, "Hey guys, remember we hung out?" And they're like, "Yeah, we saw you that one time." And then he takes his mask off and he's like, "I'm Peter Parker." And they go, "Who?" Right? Because yeah. like right. that only means something because you're assuming that they know who Peter Parker is, but they don't know. It's not that it's not that they don't know that he's Spider Man. They don't know who he is at all. Guy doesn't exist essentially. Yeah. So it's yeah. not it's not really a loophole. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, uh you know, uh, I, there's a a whole lore designed around a man who does not exist. His name is Michael Knight. He was played by David Hasselhoff, a man who does not exist, but he had a talking car. So if Peter Parker gets a talking car, uh and there is there is a Spider-Man Spider Man. There is a spider mobile in the seventies that uh, did yeah. end up at the bottom of the East river because uh, <laughs> I, I think Stan hated it. I think it was one of those, but it was like, but well, we were trying to sell toys, you know? So uh, in any case, uh, yeah, look, I think this, it, it's, it's hard to, to really take it all in. And, you know, even though I've seen it twice now uh, I've long felt like, Spider-Man 2, the one with Doc Ock, was my favorite of these. 
Uh, it's really hard to top this right now. I'm going to need to think about it objectively. Uh, wherever it ranks, this was great. This was everything I wanted as a kid reading Spider-Man, how much I loved the character. And I enjoyed a lot of things about all the movies that came before getting to see the three of them, the three of them swinging together with their masks on the bantering of the three Peters as well, but really the three of them in action together. Uh, that, that was really all I needed. The fight choreography was excellent in this film. Yeah, no, no, I definitely agree. So, uh, I'll, uh, see if, uh, anybody has any, uh, any final thoughts they want to share and then we'll let everybody know where we can find you. And I'll remind everyone again when, uh, when you can find this show again, uh, Eric, Rhett yeah. Connor returns. Yeah. I, one thing I thought was curious, you guys uh, might've noticed too, like they had this in the middle of the credits, this little like sentence or two about Avi Arad, you know? Yeah. And, and he is definitely, I mean, like, my buddy and I were like, did, did someone lose a bet? Did, did he demand this? Like, how did that happen? Because he's not necessarily beloved by, you know, the Marvel nation. Uh, it's Legion of Fans. He's the one. Well, look, it wasn't it wasn't a hat tip. It wasn't a hat tip to Ike Promoter. You know what I mean? It, oh, it was. Yeah. Because Feige would have quit. So, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I did see that. And uh, I don't know that much about that story. He was a producer on some of the animated stuff and then in, in the early movies. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, he I don't was quite. The one who basically was like, take the rights, please. Like I, that from what I to know. Sony. I think, yeah, well, it's funny, but even before like some of the other Marvel titles, I think like some of those lesser Marvel movies from like the 80s, early 90s, I think he was in the mix with those. I don't know the yeah. whole story, but. Yeah, he's one of the people who owned a lot of the, the movie rights after yeah. the whole bankruptcy when they sold the, the rights to like a lot of their yeah. characters. Yeah. He was so... kind of instrumental in letting them go. And then with the Spider-Man thing, he was very involved in. Progressively yeah, yeah, involved, but all of the movies, all of the Spider-Man yeah. movies, he's been involved in. So it was interesting. It was almost like uh, I don't know if they needed to like calm him down over something, but it felt even the language of it was kind of funky. It felt like there was. I thought he died. Is what I thought it was. That's no, what I, I thought too. And then I, I looked it up and I saw he didn't. Yeah, I thought, lie, but, but I, I was like, oh, he must have died. But yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know. There's you guys do something, uh, you know, Christian. If, uh, when you're, you know, Monday, when you're seeing this movie with your real friends. Yeah, when. Uh, yeah, all all my fellow industry insiders, uh, we didn't really talk about that. We were uh, much more excited about Charlie Cox's Kane. I feel like um, it could be Feige too, wanting to like maybe calm the waters for people and be like, because there is a lot of yeah. fandom dislike for avi because of lots of viral tweets and things of that nature which are not even necessarily confirmed so um i think it all potentially it could have just been them saying like no we legitimately could not have made this movie without him right and so like you know he's cool be cool everybody be cool kind of like a thing <laughs> put the well, gun down yeah. Right. On, on that note, uh, I appreciate uh, everybody who joined us in the live chat. Uh, it's uh, to actually get to finally get this movie that the anticipation was so high and finally be able to talk about it is great. And uh, Katie, I know you were up late and worked all day. So uh, we'll 
be able to uh, let you turn in in a moment. But if people want to find you and uh, continue the conversation, where do they do that? Uh, you can find me across all social media, KT underscore Christine, Twitter, TikTok, which I was not on for a week because I did not want this to get spoiled. Uh, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Twitch. Uh, I'm trying to get back into Twitch streaming because I took a unplanned hiatus, uh, but I did come back on Spider-Man Day. So you guys can find me streaming um, pretty late at night uh, when I have time on, on there. Uh, also over at the con guys uh, who popped into the chat earlier, they wow. are my partners in crime. We do our podcasts on Monday night called the happy hour with the con guy, where we talk about all things convention related convention news, AKA also movies, because obviously 2020 put the con conventions on hold a little bit. So I do that, but I'm also part of the con girls, which is the sister network uh, where we talk about things from a female perspective. Cause who, you know, sometimes that's needed <laughs> anyway. And then, um, yeah, pretty much live tweeting anytime I see something and every time I'm watching something I'm Christian can tell you I tweet way too much like I am addicted to Twitter so well no but I was enjoy I didn't have time for a Spider-Man rewatch so I really enjoyed you live tweeting it because <laughs> it rambling. reminded me of a lot of things like the the Toby and Andrew movies it, it reminded yes. me of a lot of things and uh yeah and uh Speaking of cons, I, I, I think I'm going to uh, duck into the uh, Comic-Con revolution in uh, Ontario over the weekend uh, nice. uh, because, uh, you know, mostly because Lou Ferrigno is going to be there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but He's at everything. Uh, you know that the, yeah. oh, the yeah. pandemic is getting better when Lou Ferrigno shows up again. Yeah, but he's not going to be painted green, so then I have yeah. to really think about him. Like, all right, if I take a picture with him, it has to be in black and white because uh, <laughs> I want to be able to tell people he's green. Photoshop I do, yeah, I do have one true. thing I want to say though in closing. Yeah, absolutely. It's not about Spider-Man. Well, it is about Spider-Man. When it comes to spoilers, y'all, it is still opening weekend. Don't Oh yeah. If, make sure you're in a space that is that people aren't gonna get it spoiled for them. Because this movie will have a bigger impact to people if it does not get spoiled. Um watch things like this. Watch them more places where they say it's going to be spoilers. Message people, text people, don't tweet about it, don't post videos about it. It's, it just ruins it well, for some of the people. And, and let me just throw in, don't like someone's tweet that mentions yes. a spoiler then because people who follow you are going to see what you liked. And I think that, you know, people do that. They're not intending, you know, they don't want to spoil anything, but they're yeah. like, oh, I like that. And they're like, oh, I had no idea that they're in the movie. You know, like something that I didn't care about was the Sex and the City reboot. And like literally people were spoiling, a, a, you know, some a major story point for that, which I, you know, and I'm like, oh, I don't care about that. But boy, usually people wait like a day. And yeah. I'm like, the Sex in the City reboot, I'm going to bet probably a lot of those people are waiting till the weekend where they might have time to watch it. Or maybe after the weekend when their kids go back to school. And uh, so, yeah, that was right before this. So that made me nervous. I'm like, oh, man, Spider-Man spoilers are going to be everywhere. Uh, but uh, so far, so good. Um, it's mostly YouTube and TikTok that are the yeah. most, the terrible, bad. Yeah. Uh, in any case, uh, Nate, if uh, people want to keep in touch with you, where do they do that? Uh, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, LinkedIn, uh, MySpace at Dog Like Nate with two G's. And uh, I believe you'll be uh, joining us for the Hawkeye finale late yes. on. Uh, yeah. So uh, yes. you'll early, be early Wednesday morning, <laughs> early Wednesday morning, 1 a.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern in that, uh, that Christmas special. And I am expecting Charlie Cox <laughs> in that episode. Look, I, I'm, look, 
I don't think the timing was an accident that we got the Nanafio yeah. reveal, you know, the week that Spider-Man was coming out. And they, uh, they planned all this stuff. Representatives from Hawkeye, I don't know if it was directors or producers, have said since that episode aired, in that episode, we will know for sure whether or not the Netflix series are canon. We'll be able yeah. to determine that. They said and that's that, kind really? of what I figured. Yeah, they actually yeah. said that. So that tells me, by the way, that it is. Because it's like uh, it's like Feige's comment that well the next time you see Matt Murdock, literally, that is. literally, when I saw him on the screen, I was like, "Damn you, Feige, you sneaky <laughs> rat, you! How dare you say that to me and make me happy, but then also not realize that you were literally talking about this movie?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, and I, remember, uh, I mean, well, you remember Christian too, like you know, when we saw Kevin Feige speak, like. He talked about how they always do pickups. They always do reshoots. That's scheduled yep. into every single Marvel movie. So, yes, they F with us. Yes, they lie to us with their trailers brilliantly, mind you. But there's also, like, they're constantly patchworking these things, even before all the COVID madness. So, yep. yeah. 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 Know, look, I, 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 I model. There's, there's definitely moments in this movie where they seem to, like, take a beat and explain Peter, Ch Tom Holland's Peter, changing his costume. You know, like, oh, thanks for washing my costume. Little things like that, yeah. where it's like, oh, yeah, he is wearing a different costume in this scene now. And you do wonder, I'm like, what order did they shoot this in? You know, and I, I, I you know, I don't need to get too bogged down into that. But, uh, Eric, before you give your plugs, uh, Jason Blair has a comment that I think is right there for you. I'm waiting for the Hawkeye multiverse where Alan Alda comes through the portal. Uh, that's the Hawkeye multiverse that uh, I know. Eric that is Connor. my prediction of how the finale is going to go. That oh. Alan Alda comes through the portal. Can save Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, somebody's got to. Eric, Alan if plays people want to keep in touch with you, how uh, do they do that? Uh, right there, Count Eric Connor over on Instagram and uh, I don't know other places uh, but if, uh, <laughs> and if people in uh, it, it's uh it, it's not a uh, rip roar and multiversal fun but if people uh want to check out your film where can they do that yeah other voices slash aswat Akharim. yes fancy title it's hanging out on amazon prime waiting for your hard-earned dollars if you're kind enough to rent it it's a, a very important documentary nothing to do with any multiverses or spider-men but uh still worth seeing and uh and I'm sorry, I haven't been on TikTok uh, since 2016. So uh, yeah, you still have to sort of find me elsewhere. You gotta find it. You gotta find him elsewhere. Well, of course, you can find me at Christian DMZ Twitter and Instagram. I don't even pretend that I uh, understand TikTok. Uh, but uh, please subscribe to the Blackcast YouTube channel, B L A D T C A S T. That is all the time we have for now. We will see you next time on the Black Cat.
Look at that, there's a new episode of the Black Cast on my phone, ready to play right now. Listen in the Black Cast. I don't wanna watch what's on the TV. iTunes that put on the BC. Podcasts on, no talking to me. Listen in the Black Cast. Keep up on comics and movies. Two phone ring, I answer hoodies. I can't talk, call back if you please. Listen in the Black Cast. Don't know what you are missing. Damn fine show hosted by Christian. He's just dope, no ass I'm kissing. Listen in the black cast. Click subscribe on this podcast. You won't be the first, but don't you be last. Listen while you pumping your gas. Listen in the black cast. On this episode, it's Jean Grey talking about the things that she say. So distracted, didn't feed Bay. Listen in the black cast. Met this girl, she smiled in my face. Black cast insulated my place. Had one beer, she brought a whole case. Listen in the black cast. Cops knock on the door and listen. Black cast on, they think I'm Christian. Cops ran off, now I ain't tripping. Listen in the black cast. My point is, listen to this show. Don't need me to tell you it's dope. Rock so hard like Johnny Lithgow. Listen in the black cast. Oh yeah, that's the black cast. It's on the ghost twin TV or whatever. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's on AfterBuzz TV, that's right. But that guy, Christian, you rock! Alright, several Texas had to go take care of some business. But I'm here to say, have a nice day. And listen to the damn show. <laughs>